ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the first episode 001 of Harsh Justice. Harsh Justice is a podcast that we put together to help people that are having problems. It can be general problems in life, uh, problems dealing with the legal system. It could be criminal activity, child custody, divorce, family law, issues dealing with the system, anything where you have to get involved with the legal system and other things that will will get you to the point where you need a, a lawyer, a private investigator, an expert witness. We're here to bring you the the harsh reality of justice as it stands in America. And we're going to cover everything from private investigators, you know, expert witnesses. We'll have all different types of subject matter. And we are not lawyers. We are not trying to be lawyers. We do not give legal advice. All the expressions and opinions on this show are purely ours based on our experience and using our constitutional right to express ourselves as we would like to do. So... Remember, we're not your attorneys. We can give you ideas and things to think about. It doesn't mean you have to go do it. And last but not least, before we get going, I want to dedicate this number one podcast to a, a, a good friend that passed away uh, this week. His name was Raymond Abernathy. Ray Abernathy was a private investigator in, in out of Nashville, Tennessee. Ray was a very, very big with electronic surveillance and worked as a private investigator for over 40 years. Um, he was one of my mentors, uh, very well respected throughout the state by many lawyers, judges, uh, law enforcement people, because he was innovative with what he did. He didn't take any crap from anybody. He always taught me to never leave a door open behind you. And he always fought for the best interest of his clients. And he also reminded us to do the job, get paid for what you do and be the best at it. So Episode one dedicated to Ray Abernathy and uh, rest in peace, old friend. You'll hear his name come up in future podcasts because he uh, was just a a wealth of information and um, he will be sorely missed. So, and uh, with me is uh, Jack. Uh, Jack is also a investigator that I've worked with over 20 years and and both of us combined have, I think we got over 50 years of uh, experience. So uh, welcome aboard podcast Episode 001. Take it away, Jack. Well, first of all, let me say this, Mitch. My condolences. I'm very sorry for a loss, for your loss of your colleague. Um, I know that, like, in this business, um, it, you find people that you kind of mesh with, like, like you and I, you know, and um, it's hard, you know, if you lose those people, it's really difficult. Um, so I just wanted to give you my condolences on that. I think that what we want to talk about tonight is somewhat about the the justice system, um, the players in the justice system, the attorneys, the judges, the private investigators, and um, how the justice system works. Am Am I correct, Mitch? Yeah, we can talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to cover it all within this podcast, but we can uh, surely give everybody a primer of what we're going to bring to the table and, and give them some uh, things to think about. And um, hopefully our audience will, uh, our listening audience will gain some knowledge of what we're talking about. and It'll help them with whatever problems they face in life. So there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, 
what happens whenever you have a case? Whatever, what happens when you're a defendant in a case? You know, um, what's the, the what's the real deal there? What you know, um, how are attorneys going to treat you? What are they going to do for you? How is your private investigator going to treat you? What's he going to do for you or is she going to do for you? Um, you know, what can you expect from the judge? Those are things that I think we should cover, and I think. You know, in these days and times, when just about anybody can get caught up in the justice system, these are things that I think everyone should know. They ha should have a realistic expectation of what to expect in the courtroom. Uh, what do you think, Mitch? Uh, oh, I, I agree completely. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, people get in trouble and they really don't know how it works. And they tend to rely on their attorneys to... Uh, lead them down the, the path to success or the road to success. And unfortunately, um, that's not always true. I mean, it's, I think we've both experienced where there's, you know, like anything else, there's good mechanics and bad mechanics. Well, there's the same thing with attorneys. You got good and bad and you got the system. Uh, the system is is severely broken. Um, there's a lot of bad things with it. Uh, selective prosecution, personal views, um, uh, district uh, assistant district attorneys that want to make people their their scapegoats because they want to put a notch in their stick and, and come out of the courtroom beating on their chest at somebody else's expense and the expense isn't like a, a five dollar meal or a five dollar snack it's it's a lot of money and, and people put their homes up and they pay exorbitant amounts of money um, once they get into the system so that's I think that's the other part of it Lots of, you know, you're going to spend money. You get in trouble, you're going to spend money. If you don't spend money, you're going to sit in jail. Um, you know, wait for your bond, wait for your arraignment, wait for your bond hearing if you even want to want to get a bond. Um, and, and it just, it spirals downhill from there. So that's what I think. It's just, um, the system is broken. A lot of things need to be fixed. Uh, you know, let's add selective prosecution, people being made scapegoats, uh, lawyers not doing their job, people making poor decisions with their attorneys, Attorneys not putting the work into the cases and handling everybody's problem, just like basically like a, uh, a hamburger on an assembly line. You know, it goes in, it gets cooked, it's baked, it's done. That's it. And that's all we want. We don't want to do anything extra. So I think a lot of that goes on as well. And uh, I think people are tired of it. But then there's people that they really don't know if their attorney's doing a good job or not, which is, you know, which brings us around to, you know, resources that, the attorneys need such as private investigators, experts, and uh, paralegals. I, th I think you're right, and you know I hate to be blunt, you know, but to put it put it as succinctly as possible, the bottom line is the system is more about money than it is right or wrong. The the system lives on money. Without money, the system would be dead, not broke, but dead. Um, and so attorneys have, you know, they get their money. Um, the judges get their money. Um, you know, even the private investigators, they get their money. And that usually from what I've seen has been the primary concern. Um, I've seen attorneys that have uh, gone in you can't pay them. They go in and try to figure out a way to get yourself uh, taken off the case because they don't want to work for free. And in my opinion, that is the crux of the problem. 
is the attorney doesn't care as much about justice or what's right and wrong as the attorney cares about money, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that we should all be broke or poor. I'm just saying that every now and then there's somebody out there that deserves a, a little extra help, even if they don't have money, you know? Um, and it's, it's my belief that those are the people that, you know, we should devote our time to and that we should work for, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And something that I've noticed, too, is, you know, generally speaking, you know, people get into confrontations or scenarios where, um, you know, they may bring something. It's kind of funny. People bring something up about the legal system. Well, I'm going to call my lawyer and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get my attorney. A lot. It's amazing at how many attorneys won't take people's cases. They don't want to do the work because they don't feel they'll profit enough from it or they're just overloaded with so many little things that they don't have time to, you know, duly devote their time to a, a client. And I get that. There's some people that will say no just because they don't have time. But um, a lot of people think that, you know, sometimes does the most expensive attorney on the street or in the system get you justice? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that people have higher expectations, but they, they don't see the other side of it too. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, if you look at, at history and, and look at people that get into trouble and look at the current state of affairs, I mean, Hillary Clinton is an attorney. Rudy Giuliani's an attorney. Um, you got attorneys that don't want to work for Donald Trump. And it's just, you know, and so they're, I mean, it's just, it's all across, it's, it's all across the board as, as how they respond to different things. But I, I agree. They, they're money driven. It's all about money driven. But and the other thing that a lot of people don't understand or believe is that at the end of the day, the attorneys will look out for each other before anybody else. They will talk in the hallways of these courthouses about their clients um, in different cases. And I mean, they'll have, I, I mean, it's, they call it what pro se, pro se meetings or pro se hearing or, not, you know, just, um, it's not the right word. They're, they'll just have meetings and stuff where, they're talking about they're talking to the opposition about what they've got going on and, and that's not in their client's best interest and I, I think it's just amazing how you know they do stuff and when they get in trouble they're the first to cover for each other no nobody will ever admit to their mistakes or you know say well we're going to try doing something different it's just if they fail they don't care they go home they got money in the bank and that's it well i agree with that and i think one of the things that um is a good takeaway on this conversation here and then here with what we're discussing is how to pick a good attorney. You know, um, there might be a lot more to it than what you think. Okay. So let me give you an example. And Mitch and I have discussed this a lot of times. So you see that attorney who gets his name in the paper. Uh, he looks famous. He won a case here. He lost a case there, but, but he's gone to court every time. And it's high-profile cases that he takes. And so you're thinking, that's the attorney for me, you know. That's the attorney I want to hire because he's always got his name in the paper. He's always got a lot of recognition. Well, the question is, do you really want to hire that attorney? What about that attorney that don't have his name in the paper that keeps his clients all out of the courtroom? You never hear nothing about him because he's the guy is that out there keeping his clients from going to jail and keeping them out of the courtroom and making things happen in the background. That might be the attorney that you want to um, 
that you want to look at hiring. Because that's the attorney that I look at as a problem solver, you know? Yeah. Mitch, what do you think? I, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, just off the off of the rail from, you know, criminal defense attorneys, there's folks that advertise on TV. They put a lot of money in advertising. They do a lot of class action cases, personal injury stuff. And I've spoken with a couple of them over the years, you know, more on more than one occasion, of course. And one of the folks told me, and this may actually made complete sense. He says, we take on injury cases where there's broken bones and there's, you know, somebody's unfortunately suffered extreme damage, extreme injuries. We don't take soft, what they call soft tissue cases, um, you know, uh, back injuries, uh, pain injuries. Uh, and he just told me pretty much point blank, you know, we're not ambulance chasers. We'll take, we only take cases where somebody has been really, really messed up. And he said the other part of that too is this, when you have something substantial, it's not hard to have somebody come to the table with a settlement, whereas they can get that settlement in under six months and move, move on down the road to other cases where some attorneys will sit there and take anything they get. Um, they're going to get their, their percentage of whatever it is, and they just drag it out six months, a year, a year and a half. It, it just keeps going on and on and on. And I've seen cases go for years, you know, several years, and get dragged out. And I, I think it's just horrible that they, they do that. And if you have, I guess, 50 cases, and they're all being dragged out over the course of five years, well, that's a great source of reoccurring revenue, especially if they start paying up, you know, and kind of cycling themselves in and out. And again, it just turns into a, a big money machine for some of them. And again, you know, big interest, get them in, get them out, you know, get them in, get them settled, get them out. There you go. Yep. With attorneys, I believe most of them are focused on money. Your attorney... Um, more than likely, will take to, in order to defend you will take your your rent and put that in his pocket and put you out on the street, all in the name of defending you in court, and that's pretty sad. Um, and, and that's something that I don't really see a lot of PIs doing, or you know other people like that. Only attorneys. Um, and they will cut you off in a heartbeat if you can't pay them. They will figure out how to get themselves off your case. They'll go in, you know, into court and tell the judge they want off your case for lack of payment. And they will drop you cold right in the middle of your case. And that gives you, you know, an example of what to expect with attorneys, you know. They're not all like that. Um, there are some really good attorneys, um, you know. And I also know some attorneys that are really good, and they and they have taken beatings too from from clients that have ripped them off for thousands and thousands of dollars. I understand that, but when it comes to our the courtroom, uh, when it comes to something here, I I've always thought the priority should be on justice, and the priority should be on you know um, making whatever happened right then it should be on money. You know, that's my thought. 
Yeah, and I agree with that. And I, you would expect to have they would have a you know st have a good focal point and have a little bit of passion for what they're doing. I think generally speaking, most of them do to a certain degree. Um, and it's just like anything else. You can pick good, you can pick bad. And I think one thing people should realize is if somebody was happy with their attorney and they're making a referral, well, I think they need to ask that person, well, why are you, why were you happy with your attorney? What did your attorney do for you? Well, they won my case. Yeah, but what, you know, what did they do for you? Well, they hired a private investigator. They got an expert witness. They got an uh, expert in crime scene reconstruction. They found somebody uh, that's an expert in vehicle forensics. Somebody, I mean, if an attorney's using outside sources and all of the resources, I, I really like that because it means they're they're looking to cover everything they can. And I've had I've had a couple cases, uh, you know, appeal cases where we were able to scientifically prove that the person that was incarcerated did not commit the crime. It was it was impossible, scientifically impossible for them to commit that crime. And we brought that to the attention of uh, of the attorneys on this one particular case and they didn't care about it. We had DVDs, we had video. I, I agree. And that attorney, you know, one of the things you're talking about here is attorneys are on PIs. That attorney that will forsake a little bit of the pot. Well, and, you know, I was... Yep. That, that attorney that will forsake a little bit of the pie so they can win their case and so they can represent you correctly, that's the attorney you want to hire. The attorney that tells you he doesn't need a PI um, and he's got this all by himself, that may be the attorney you want to stay away from because he's not putting resources into your case that is going to ensure that you're going to win your case. Um and those are the attorneys that are taken away more by greed than they are by ambition to, to win the case, you know? And those are the attorneys that scare me. Yeah, and and I, I understand that completely, and uh, I, I agree. One thought that I've always had was somebody asked me one day, just, well, what kind of value do you provide to attorneys? And, and my answer was this. I said, there's some people out there that can give an attorney a pair of pliers and a hammer, and hopefully that'll help them fix the problem. What I like to do is I like to bring in the whole damn snap-on truck with as many tools as I can so they can pick and choose what they need to win the case. And, and not talking about straw grabs or menial things that you know the judge doesn't want to deal with or, or put up with, just things that are going to you know help the jury make a, a better decision. Uh, the tools that will the lawyer can basically throw down on the table, like he's in the middle of a, a, a championship Texas Hold'em, you know, bang, 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 bang across the board, you know, and use those tools to defend their client. I think those are the guys that are much better to go with, and you know, it, it, which brings me to another another point, and that's you know, what do you think some things are that people should consider? very realistically, and I'm just going to say, I'm going to throw this out there and say a, uh, a criminal defense case. And I'm not going to go into specifics, but generally speaking, a criminal defense case, and let's go ahead and say it's a, it's a state felony, it's not a federal case. What do you think people should look for in an attorney when they're considering hiring them? Yep, I'm, I'm with you. I think my answer to that question is, I want an attorney that his goal or her goal 
does not get you in the courtroom and win your case, but to keep you out of the courtroom and do less and cause you as less damage as possible by with your case. Number one. Number two, I want an attorney that doesn't mind going out for help. He doesn't mind um, working for a private investigator, calling an expert witness, you know. He will let some of his money go in order to assist his client in winning their case, in order to, to be able to present, represent his client as vigorously as he can. Um, that's the attorney that I, that, that I would look for right there. Um, he may not be super popular, um, may not have had his name in the paper, but if you look at him and look at his history, what you'll find is most of his, most of his clients carried out pretty well in their cases, you know, because he knew how to operate behind the scenes to get things done for his client. That's the attorney I would want. Yeah, and and I'm, again, I'm with you 100% on that. And something I wanted to throw on the, on the table as well was something that, that I believe people should do before just hiring somebody contrary to what you see on tv i mean you better call saul and a few few other tv shows one of my favorite lines from uh, i think it was from breaking bad was somebody told one of the guys you don't need a criminal defense attorney you need a criminal defense attorney which which i I mean i thought that was funny as hell but here's the other part of this too um i mean there's today versus when we first started doing this over what 20 30 years ago I mean, you really didn't have much. You had a phone book. You had people to talk to. You could hang around the courthouse. Uh, you knew, had a friend of a friend that got into trouble. It really wasn't the only resource you had was to, to reach out in those different areas and see who might be able to help you. Whereas now, you can just sit there. Anybody can jump on their phone or on a computer and go into Google and look at reviews on these lawyers. Um, you could look at, uh, what is it, AVO, ADVO or ABO, whatever it is, and Yep. different legal yep. portals and you could go in there and see where you could you could spot the fake reviews pretty quick if you use common sense but realistically if you see that you know people are saying i like this guy they returned my phone calls they didn't make me wait three weeks um their paralegal was very pleasant to deal with they treated me well i mean people tend to complain about the bad things faster than they do the good things and that's just a fact but if you can sit there and do, you know, read the Google reviews or Yelp or whatever platform you want to use or you know, do a little bit of research on your audience, just try doing that first. Then if you, again, back to old school, if you have a friend of a friend or, hey, who, you know, who got Johnny out of that, uh, I don't know, whether it's a DUI or uh, DUI or, or, or uh, stolen property, whatever, just do the research and find out, you know, well, how did you like him? Oh, he was great, man. He was great. He went in there and he rip-roared in the courtroom and uh, just, you know, the the jury listened listened to him. He had some experts come in. He had some retired you know, police officers come in. Just like you were saying, those are the guys that you want. They're going to be doing work behind the scenes to help keep their client out of court. And eventually, if they do end up, you know, end up in uh, in trial, which most of them are, um, at, at least you have somebody that's you know loaded. They've got the snap-on truck behind them with every tool they could possibly use. And I think people need to ask questions as well, at, such as. You know, do you use uh, any private investigators? Do you use experts? Um, we have an idea about this that may help us. And if they sit there and they intently listen without cutting them off and looking at their watch and trying to shoo them out of there, I mean, 
people should gauge how their their meeting goes with that attorney and and they don't they shouldn't always go with the first choice if they have don't be afraid to visit with three or four of them let's put it, i mean if you spend a thousand dollars interviewing say four attorneys if that much or even five attorneys at least spend the time to see what you know what your resources are don't just walk in there because oh he got these people out off of duis well that's not the guy that's going to help you with your child custody case and the guy that does duis is it going to help you with your, you know, probably isn't going to help you with your, your real estate problems. So, you know, interview the right people, interview the right people, and then make an educated decision and have somebody there with you. I think people should not go in by themselves to see an attorney. I think they should bring somebody with them that has good moral aptitude and good common sense. So you have a second set of ears to listen to what's going on. Yeah. And not only that, yeah. You know, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the attorney, and I'm not sure that's always right. You know, I like to tell people, and it doesn't happen all the time, but every now and once in a while, it does happen. Um, I like to tell people, if I've worked a criminal defense case, what do you, if someone asked me at the beginning, what do you bring to the table? I can change the playing field. A good private investigator can change the playing field in your criminal, in your case. And... You know, that's something that's very important. Um, and so, you know, you have a lot of attorneys that kind of look down on PIs in a way. They're like, I'm the attorney. I know the law and all that. Well, let's look at that for a second. I've often said this. You take a private investigator that's been practicing and working in computer forensics for 20 years. You take an attorney that has been practicing law for 20 years. Who's going to benefit you the most in your case? The guy that knows about computer forensics when you have a computer case or the attorney that knows about practicing law? It's going to be that, that private investigator. He's going to not only know um, what everything that adds up to, he's going to already know more about the law regarding computer forensics and cybercrime than the attorney does. Because that was, that's his bread and butter. That's where he cut his teeth. And so when you look at attorneys, I think it also behooves a defendant to look at in private investigators who's good at what they do um, and how they can change the playing field for you. Can they find witnesses? Can they get statements from witnesses? Can they show um, through those statements that this case isn't what the prosecutor is presenting? You know, those are important things in a criminal defense case. Um, and that's what I think um, that private investigators can bring to the table. And that's why I think that people should lay just as much emphasis on hiring a good private investigator as they do a good attorney. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And hiring a, hiring a good private investigator, if you, you know, if you really honestly believe you need one, I think is a good choice as well as reaching out to an expert. You don't have to be a lawyer to talk to a, you know, a, a, a guy who's a, a ballistics expert, an accident reconstruction guy. I mean, I, I always suggest to clients and tell clients that uh, that's not my cup of tea. I don't, I don't get involved with that, but I do know some people that do, and you may want to reach out to them and just get an initial consultation with them and see if they'll help with your case and just kind of gather information on your own. The other thing I think that's pretty important too is if people gather information that they want to bring to trial, 
whether it be forensics, whether it be reconstruction, blood splatter, I mean, blood spatter and splatter, whatever you have, I think, again, if you fill your laundry basket up and some of the stuff that would exonerate them for some reason isn't used or isn't used properly, I think that also, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I think there's opportunity to open up for an appeal if they lose their case because evidence wasn't treated properly, it wasn't heard, it was wrongfully dismissed, it was wrongfully not accepted by the judge. And and I've seen judges that kept experts out of court because they didn't feel that that ex they didn't like that expert. They may have not like their hairstyle, how they talked, or uh, but I've seen this happen, and it has cost people their lives. It's cost them this. They've had to sit in prison for more than anybody ever expected because they didn't get their experts and their private investigators in and their expert testimony. I've also seen where uh, the states and the district attorneys have actually tainted people's cases where they've gone and gone through the chain and pretty much threatened expert witnesses to keep them from coming forward and damaging their case. So, I mean, I, I firmly believe that, yes, I mean, do lawyers have anything to lose? Not really. They've got your money. Uh, if you spend money on a private investigator, yeah, the investigators are out there working in the field. They're collecting information. They're going after what you know everybody believes is going to help your case. And I think it's a very valuable part of a defense um, in addition to the experts. So it's not, it's the PIs, but also, you know, the big, the big question too is if you have all this stuff, you need to make sure that attorney's going to use it. And if they're not going to use it, you need to know why they don't want to use it. But again, you know, to walk in, to walk into a mechanical catastrophe and with a pair of pliers and a hammer versus a truck full of tools, it's not hard to make a choice of what the better route is. Yep, and, and you got to be aware, too, of what your attorney tells you. You've got to understand that a lot of times attorneys are not telling you something that's going to be truthful. They're telling you something because it's going to get you off their back. It's going to put you at ease. It's going to allow, allow them to operate without you bothering them. I saw a uh, guy. He had a uh, appellate case, and... He um, he knew he was probably going to lose his appellate case, but he had he had a really good case. It's just that appellate courts are very very critical of people, um, and then you've got to get things out of the appellate court. And if you can, it doesn't happen all that often, but if you can get your case in front of the United States Supreme Court, that's where you're going to get some serious and fair consideration. Or at least it was up to about two years ago when our Supreme Court just went nuts. Um, but the attorney told him, he says, yeah, I've got, I'm going to appeal your case. I, I'm appealing your case. I think we're going to probably lose on that. You know, I don't think our chances are good. And so the guy asked the attorney, would he be willing to move to appeal that to the Supreme Court if he could? And the attorney told him he would with no intention whatsoever to appeal that case just to put him at ease, and so um, he wouldn't have a bad taste in his mouth about the attorney until the end. And by that time, by the time the appellate case is over and everything, the, the defendant is now at a point to where they're hopeless. They're ready to give up hope. So, you know, 
not going to the Supreme Court isn't as big a deal then after you've lost everything as it was before you lost everything. And um, basically the attorney lied to him. Flat out had no intention whatsoever of taking this case to the Supreme Court. But told him he would because that he knew he would get less phone calls and he would get less of a, a, his client bothering him and, and such um, if he just told him that lie. You know, and and that's the thing you got to watch out for with attorneys. You know, you a lot of times when attorneys tell you things, you need to write it down and hold it to them and tell them, I'm going to write this. I'm writing this down right now on this date and time, and I expect what you're telling me to be done. And that oftentimes will make the will give the attorney some pause uh, on what he's telling you. Yeah, and that's actually writing it down is a good idea. And, and the uh, the gentleman I dedicated this podcast to, number one, uh, Raymond. Raymond used to tell his clients that when you go to visit your attorney, you know, the state I'm in, Tennessee, is a, a single-party consent state. So as long as you're part of the conversation, you can record. But he used to tell his clients, and I did the same thing, you go visit your attorney Stick that Olympus recorder, whatever you've got in your top pocket, inside of your shirt, wherever it's going to work best. You record that conversation between the two. And if they tell you we're going to do this, that, 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 and that, and, all, and you lose later on and you have issues, you know, you can always pull that thing out and go back and listen to what they agreed to do. Uh, will it help you in an appeal? Probably not. It could. I'm not sure. It depends. There's so many different scenarios, but... I, I think the biggest thing is is to hold them accountable for what they're telling you they're going to do. And I can't count how many times that I've had cases and I've shown up in court and the person I, I was working for, the firm I'm working with, sometimes their attorneys show up. They're not prepared for court. I mean, they depend on their paralegals to put everything together for them. So, you know, they can just pull things out of a file and lay it out and kind of go through it. And... It's just really no, they're just going through the motions. There's just not much um, that they're putting into the case. Um, the, the, they put more time into the billing aspect of it. And what was the other cute little thing I saw for billing uh, called strategy, where they sit around and think about the case and they bill it out as strategy. Um, they put more time into that than they actually do trying to figure out how to, you know, the what the best defense for their client is. So, yeah, man. And, you know, what you were talking about with the voice recorder, that is a, you got to figure out if you're on solid legal ground when you do it. In other words, um, if does your state allow for you to record? But attorneys hate to be held accountable. They hate to have things thrown up in their face that they said, because if you can prove they said it, they've got a choice. They either look like a scumbag or they have to do exactly what they said they were going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 absolutely and that's a, an easy way to uh to hold you know hold them to the, what they said they were going to do i i agree completely and not everybody you know i mean not everybody's going to record every conversation with that attorney but if you've got some significant assets or kids or you know something that means a lot it's you know the cheapest insurance around if they said we're going to bring in these five witnesses and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And all of a sudden you show up in court and nobody's there except just you and your lawyer. Well, what happened to the witnesses? 
Oh, we couldn't get a hold of them. We couldn't find them. My paralegal couldn't find them on Facebook. It's like, well, uh, we need to go ahead and, re you know, people are afraid to say, we need to go ahead and reset this. And I said, ask for continuance. Continuance. Or, mean, and, and a lot of people won't do that. It's like, I got to this point. I just want to get it over with. And that's that's human nature. I just want to get this over with then. And, and it's kind of like, it's bad decision making. And if you're not comfortable with your lawyer's strategy on the case, I mean, they're, they are experts at what they do. They're paid to work in that courtroom. But if you're not comfortable with it, back to rule one. You should have interviewed four or five different lawyers before making a decision on who you actually wanted to use that's going to keep you either out of prison, get you time back with your children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cheap insurance. Well, I know, you know, most attorneys, I don't want to say all because I know some really good attorneys that are, that are cool about this, but most attorneys are going to put their money over anything else. So, you know, it's a matter of if they can work the case efficient, efficiently, then they're going to do that because it's going to make them more money by doing that. Closing it in a short amount of time allows them to take on other cases, which allows them to make additional money. Um, and, you know, attorneys have all kinds of tricks for this stuff. Like, you know, they will they, they take their client's money, they put it in their trust fund or in their um, in attorney's trust fund. Well, those trust funds accumulate interest, so they keep that in there, and now they're making money off of you on top of the money that you're paying. You know, <laughs> it's it's all a money game with attorneys. You know, and that's what you have to realize um, is that it's all a money game. And so attorneys will bring you in. One of the most common tricks is, you know, it's like Mitch said. Um, they said, well, we're going to get these witnesses. We're going to get them in here and make them testify and all that. So. You come in, you're facing 15 years. The witnesses are in the courtroom. And your attorney says, don't worry about it, don't worry. I think we got something you're really going to like. I think we got this going the right way. You know, just just, just sit down and just, just, you know, let this thing play out. I think you're going to get some of what you want here. So you find that instead of facing 15 years, you got five years. You got five years when if you'd had those witnesses there, you might have had no years. All right? But right. the attorney don't care because what he got was he may, he's trying to make you feel good because he got 10 years knocked off, and he didn't have to do any work to do that. He didn't have to interview these witnesses. He didn't have to put them on the stand. He didn't have to locate them. He didn't have to do any of that. So he made the same amount of money for doing nothing, and you got five years instead of 15, and if he had done his job, you may have very well got no years at all, done no prison time at all. And that's just how attorneys operate. Yes, it is. It sure is. And, and, and it's uh, just one, one of those things that, unfortunately, people have to live with. But um, I, let's, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. And I just want to let everybody know we're in the process of getting a Patreon page set up. And we'd love to have your questions and, because we want to know what you want to know. Um, we know what we need to know. We don't know what we don't know, but we want to hear from you guys. So if you're enjoying the subject matter we're talking about on the podcast, you know, please um, hit the Patreon page. We're, we're not looking for your money. We're not looking for your firstborn. We're not looking for free gas or snacks or treats at Waffle House. We want your questions, and we'd like to discuss those questions. So 
uh, we'll give you the Patreon address and be sure to hit the page and sign up and, and say hello and, and let us know what's on your mind. What do you think about that, Jack? Absolutely. Here's, here's what we're looking at. You know, Mitch and I have been in, in the PI business for a long time, and we've seen a whole lot of things go wrong. And we've seen a whole lot of things go wrong because of what I would call bad actors. What we'd like to do is give you some information to help you hold those bad actors accountable so that you can make those attorneys do what they promise you. And if they don't, you can show, you know, um, that they didn't do what they said they were going to do. Um, you can hold them accountable. That's what, what we want to do. We've seen so much of this. It would be nice to empower the everyday average Joe to be able to hold these bad actors accountable for what they do. Absolutely. And as we go on with harsh justice, things that we plan on bringing to the table is, and we didn't talk too much about our qualifications, but uh, between the two of us, we've got roughly 50 years as licensed private investigators working in our home states. We've got experience in computer forensics, cellular forensics, cell tower forensics, um, just about anything you could think of re regarding social media, cracking email accounts, tracing, locating people, uh, technical surveillance countermeasures, um, you know, known as bug sweeps. So we've got a lot of things under our belt, automotive forensics. And again, there's different things of private investigating. A lot of people seem to think that, oh, I can go in a neighborhood and knock on doors and, and just talk to people. Well, that's great. But a lot of times we can't just knock on doors and talk to people because they're represented by attorneys, and that's a big no-no. But there's so many other things we want to bring to the table so people can learn about things that they're not talking about in law school. You're not going to find them in, in books or uh, audio books on Amazon or something. This is stuff that we've gained over the years. We want to share it with everybody so it'll give, it'll give you a better sense of, of inner peace and satisfaction so when you run into a problem, you'll have some good things to work with and things to think about before you go into court and talk to an attorney, hire an attorney, hire an investigator, um, you know, fight for custody of your child. There's a lot of things that we've had or that we've had physical experience with, and we want to share that with you. So um, again, dedicated to Raymond Abernathy, rest in peace, one of the best private investigators the United States has ever not hardly seen enough of. And um, Rick, anything else you want to give to the, to the folks? Well, I just want to close with this. I'd like to say, you know, you're probably questioning where are we qualified to talk about this subject, you know, and I can understand that. What I can tell you is that Mitch and I both have a pretty good amount of courtroom time, testifying, having to sit there and watch cases, working for attorneys, sitting in depositions. I think we got a better than average person's feel for how the court system works and how attorneys work. So, you know, I think we can, you know, we can authoritatively speak on this, this particular subject. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll give you that Patreon address here shortly. And thanks for listening. Uh, you've been listening to Harsh Justice with Mitch D and uh, Mr. Jack. And we will be back with another episode. And again, we'll give you that address so we can get your questions and talk about things that you folks are interested in. Thanks for listening.